Welcome to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and I'm a social selling obsessed educator with a passion for health, fitness, and all things marketing and systems. We're all about delivering results producing strategies and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. You're going to learn about all things marketing and see what actually works. It's true that success leaves clues. Take it from one of our very own listeners, Dana, who left this review. Hey, Ashley, honestly, thank you so much for being you and doing what you do. I've loved every minute of this episode. It's really got my brain going and I can't wait to listen to more. I've done your free done for you five day and I purchased the 20 done for you posts and I simply cannot say how amazing my interaction with people was when I was using your posts. One day I will have purchased all of what you offer. Thank you again for you. XO Dana. Dana, thank you so much for this review. If you are loving this podcast, finding yourself motivated to grow your business or enjoying all the marketing tips, do me a favor and help me spread the message. Leave me a rating or review and I may just share your message right here on the podcast. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and today's topic is all about the magic of building a dream team. In terms of building a team, For a lot of people, I think that that can feel really scary, especially when you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out how do I actually make this business profitable? And at the same time, there's so much opportunity there when you can start to outsource the things that someone can do 80% as well as you can do. So we're going to cover a couple of main points. The first main point we're going to cover is what is the zone of genius, and how do you use your ideal week to really get this working for you so that you can only be focused on the things that you want to do. And then we're going to move into the stages of actually building a team. What does that look like? How do you make sure that you are hiring the right people? And then how do you make sure that you're actually doing onboarding without it just being a huge time suck? And what I actually did to get a team built that was actually adding value to the bottom line instead of just costing money. So let's first jump into the area of Zona Genius and what this actually means. Michael Hyatt has a great book called Free to Focus, and he talks about something called the ideal week. Now, what I love about this concept, and I'll briefly explain here what it is, it's this idea that we all have a zone of genius of things that we like to do. And I believe there's four categories. He talks about disinterest, drudgery, things that we love to do, which is, I believe, the desire zone and distraction zone. So these are the four areas that we typically spend our time. So what we want to do is eventually get to the point that everything we do is in that desire zone. Like we love doing it. If you think about drudgery, it's the stuff that you hate doing. For me, that would be taxes. I hate doing those types of activities. So then you have disinterest, which is the stuff that you don't like to do. And then you have distraction, which is the stuff you actually like to do, but it is a distraction and pulling you away from what you should be doing. According to my memory, those are the four different categories that you need to think about. And the one that is the most important, I would say, is really the desire zone. Some interesting ways to start doing and thinking about these different areas is to actually start logging what you're doing 
on a daily and weekly basis and then figuring out which of those things do you actually desire to do and actually make an impact to the bottom line. And the goal really is to outsource the rest eventually. Get a really good grasp of what that looks like. And then there's this additional concept of the ideal week, which is instead of just allowing your week to play out as it does, it's really figuring out there's a couple of key concepts here. One is your workday startup and shutdown. What things do you need to do to start up your day properly and learning how to actually automate those? Like we don't have to think about how do you take a shower? Like it's on autopilot for us. So it's getting those things in autopilot when it comes to your workday startup and shutdown and, you know, not checking email 17 times a day. Uh, like it's so easy to do or social media. It's like selecting those times that you actually should be doing those things and putting that in your workday startup and shut down. I would definitely encourage you to read Free to Focus and get a, a really good handle on what are the things that are in your desire zone, what should be in your ideal week, and then setting it up as such. Now, there's a lot of science too that backs up that you should not be multitasking And the reason being is that we think we can multitask, but our brain really is not capable of doing like two things at once. It has to switch gears and it actually pulls us out of focus. They say that when you actually batch things like sit down, get all your social media posts scheduled instead of just scheduling one a day, it's much, much more effective. And there's also something called Parkinson's law, which is the amount of time that we allot for something is the amount of time that it is going to take us. If you schedule yourself an hour and a half to do all your social media posts for a month, that is how much time it will take you. We don't want to just default to, oh, it's going to take me all day because it definitely will. But we can get better and better and be much more effective if we think about it in that way. Now, the other area of time savings, just while we're talking about the ideal week, that is super interesting is if you go into your phone and you go into your battery settings, you can actually see, I I believe this is where it is, at least on my iPhone, this is where it is, but you can actually see how much time you are spending on email and on social media, which I would say are, you know, probably the biggest time sucks for people, maybe marketplace, maybe if you're my husband, Reddit, we all tend to have a lot of time that we waste in different apps. And, you know, when you're on your phone, you're definitely, it's not productive time usually, right? We're just bored and scrolling. So this is a really good area to have a look and see where are you spending time because easily you can get, you know, two to three hours back of your life if you're conscious of that. And you just build those things that you want to scroll and take a quick look into your workday startup or shutdown. So Although this is a podcast all about building a dream team, I can't talk about building that dream team unless we talk about the things that do not make your desire list, because that's how you want to start out. And that's where you should start out when it comes to outsourcing. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story. We're going to switch gears here into the actual stages of building out this dream team and what that looked like back when I hired my first contractor. I hired my first contractor about four years ago, and she just had her anniversary actually uh, not too long ago there. And so what that looked like back then is, and this may be you, uh, let me know definitely in the comments if this is you right now. I was a brand new entrepreneur in this particular business. 
And I was getting to the point that I could just not keep up with what I wanted to do and how fast I wanted my business to get up and running. So I started looking in the Philippines for a VA. And if you don't know what that stands for, it just is a virtual assistant. And so I wanted somebody specifically that could help with social media, that could just help with various things. And I was willing to teach them. That is going to be very much dependent on their rate. So you can find people to help you anywhere starting from, you know, 350 US an hour up to whatever amount depends on what training that they've already done and come with. There's a lot of options out there. And I happen to be really lucky when I found my first VA. I can't even recall exactly how I found her, but she had just finished VA school. So she was looking for somebody. She was very eager to work. And I really lucked out. I found a great, great person to help support me. And that being said, too, I also had in the past hired someone to help me with my social media posts. And I remember I had spent so much on Instagram and trying to get things up and running and getting followers. And she, this person I hired was like, oh, you need to be posting three times a day and to build up your account. And I'm going to just be really honest with you. I think that there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors about, you know, you have to build your account and that's what's going to bring the money in and this and that. And I honestly, I think this is one area I'm so passionate about is that I hit my first seven figures when I had 7,000 Instagram followers. I am not the person that is going to tell you, yeah, go after likes and engagement. And that's just going to bring revenue in without doing anything else. It's just not the case. That has not been my experience. And when I spent a bunch of money just focusing on Instagram, it was literally where the business was, we were just not profitable at all. And it was just a, a spend of money that was never recouped, right? Because it's like, great, I had an Instagram feed that looked good four years ago. And sure, there were some followers that came to it. But did those followers turn into customers? I can't even tell you, right? So it's like, it's just, to me, it's a poor investment of money. I like to invest my money in things that I can directly see. Yeah, I sent this email. This is how many sales we made from it. Like that is my style type. And maybe call me shoestring budgety, but I don't want my business to be an expensive hobby. And I think for a lot of us, we get so wrapped up that, you know, oh, my feed has to be this and that. And it's like, how do you know that that's translating into customers? Because it probably isn't. Anyways, I'm getting off the soapbox, but I truly, truly believe that if that is your number one focus, you could be making so much more money if you were focused on marketing versus just social media. That is, I found my first VA and my first person. And what I started to do, this is something I actually learned later on in a, in, in a mastermind. Anything I didn't want to be doing, I would start creating a video recording of it. And there's lots of apps out there. I use Loom. I'm not going to say they're like the best out there. It can be really glitchy sometimes, but most of the time it does get the job done. Or I use ClickUp, uh, which is our project management software. And in ClickUp, there is a screen recording you can use. So that works as well. I mean, you could use Zoom. You, there's so many things you can use. But basically, anytime you're doing a task that you don't want to be doing, 
you just create a video of it. And then I would send that to my VA. And that is how I got started in getting out of doing everything and starting to give her the stuff. If I were to think about it, she could do 80% as well as me. And oftentimes she could do it better than I could. So that was how I got my first team member. After going through that, I started to, you know, I was working at the business after about a year and I went in full time. Now, this is sort of a long story about how this happened, but the company I was working for basically shut its doors. And all of a sudden it was like, I am going to give this a go. Like this is, it's go time. If I'm going to do this, this is the time. And that is when I was doing all the writing in the business, all the copywriting, I was doing everything. And I was, you know, one of those people pleasers that was doing the, you know, if someone asks for something custom, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll create that. And as we all get started in this business, we typically don't charge enough. And I was doing all those things, right? My time was worthless. I would give it to anyone for anyone that asked. And that, you know, in the beginning is what I felt I needed to do to get the business up and running. But I eventually got to the point that I was like, okay, I have finally carved out the system that I want to use. Now I can start adding people to what we're doing. And so very quickly, I went from just having one person to hiring all these different people. And the mistake I made is that if I had a problem, I would just put a person on it. That really did not allow for a ton of clarity, I would say. So how I would do this a bit differently this time is I would create an accountability chart. And I know when you're first getting started, you're like, well, what? I only have this couple people. But it's so important to help define the roles that you would have on your team. And in our team, we have sales and marketing, we have operations, and then we have finance and tech. Those are the three main departments. And maybe when you first start off, like you're sitting in the sales and marketing seat and the finance and tech seat, and you have somebody that's just going to help with your operations. It really doesn't matter how small you are. It's so great to have just that layout of this is what it looks like. Then how I would definitely change things and how we have changed things is that when it comes to hiring, we do something called an impact filter. Now, an impact filter is a tool that you use to figure out, okay, what are the roles and responsibilities of this person and what does success look like? So then you're really able to create a strong, it it sort of replaces, I guess, a job profile instead of it being like, you will do these things. It's like, okay, when you are doing social media, these are the things that tell me you're being successful. And this is why this role is so important. So you're all of a sudden connecting it with metrics and you're connecting it with things that actually impact the bottom line instead of being fluffy with it and just saying, oh, you're going to handle my social media. Like, no, if you want to be smart with your money, then you need to tell that person, this is what I expect. And this is how I know you're doing a good job. Once you do a really solid impact filter, when you're able to provide that with the person, and what I love to do is an application style where I'm very, very specific in my instructions. Let's say I was hiring a social media, someone to schedule my social media, then what I would do is I would have a couple of different key components after I have shown them in the job description, the impact filter, they would need to apply. And one of the things that they would need to do is upload a social media image. Here are the instructions, go. So then I can tell right away 
that they either have what it's going to take or they don't. And they call this a gauntlet test. So you're putting something out there for them to really show you what their skills are about. Like I had people apply for various positions in the past where it was going to require them to be on video. And there were people that couldn't even upload a video. And it was like, that makes this decision so easy. They're not going to make it onto that next level. The more that you can think about what is my gauntlet test to know if this person is capable or not. And I'm talking like, I now do this in every area of our business. We've hired uh, babysitters and nannies and we do a gauntlet test and we have them fill out an application. And if they can't do that, then I know it's not going to be a worthwhile use of my time to interview this person. That has helped save a ton of time. We've covered the impact filter and what that hiring process looks like in including that gauntlet test. The next thing that you want to think about is how do you actually onboard this person? Because this can be a whole issue in itself and a whole time suck. And this is where the Loom videos or the recorded videos come into play. Anything that you want this person to do, I like to look at the impact filter and say, okay, if I expect this person to be able to perform this task, what accompanying training do they need to be able to do this? And it all depends on what you're paying them, right? Like if you are getting somebody um, that's at the lower end of the wage scale, then you're going to anticipate that you're going to have to do some training. You might have to pay for some training for them. Like that is part of it. Whereas if you hire somebody and they start at a higher rate, I'm not going to expect to have to do a bunch of training with them. They better come with that training. And that's where the gauntlet test really helps you determine if they've got that or not. After you've gone through that process, you're going to be able to get that really good idea of what does their onboarding look like and what videos and trainings do they need, really using that impact filter as your compass to guide you on what things that they should be doing. And I definitely find that this is the best way to onboard and the easiest way to take it off you. But if you start creating Loom videos sooner, then that can be really helpful in having a bank of videos that are ready to go. Just depending on, you know, certain things change. Sometimes you do uh, have the case where if you do make a bunch of videos before you hire someone, some things can change. So you want to play with that and make sure that you're just using your time in the best way possible. The one other tip I would have for you around building your dream team, I guess two, two little tips I'll leave you with is that, you know, when you're thinking about who is that next best person to hire, definitely look at that drudgery zone and determine what things right now could I get off my plate that would allow me to put my focus into selling and to sales, right? Because that's what is going to really help get you know, money coming into your business, which allows you to hire more people and all those things. So your time, your most valuable time should always be spent selling. So that can mean inviting, it can mean doing videos with calls to action, like face of the business things. That is where your time is best spent. It's definitely not best spent coming up with captions and doing things behind the scenes that are not equating to sales. That is, you know, I think actually why most people end up quitting on their business is they're like, oh, I don't have time. And yet they're focusing on just like cranking out stories that are not contributing to the bottom line and have never made them a sale. They're choosing to spend their time in the wrong areas. Eventually, you'll be able to hire people on your team that add to that sales line. But it does take some time. And in the beginning, when you are getting your business up and going, you do need to be a bit scrappy in 
really trying to devote as much of your time as you can in that sales bucket. The last thing that I will say is that once you get your team up and running, it is so great to have a scorecard. Now, these concepts come from the book Traction. Once you get your team up and going, and you don't need to have a team to read Traction, like Traction is a great book regardless, but it is the, uh, they have something called EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And within that, they have something called a scorecard. It basically drives your conversations each week with your team. There's going to be certain metrics that you want that team member to be accountable to, because when somebody doesn't have a number that they're accountable to, then it makes it very hard to gauge their contribution and if you can justify paying them or not. Definitely look up that concept of the scorecard and how to come up with those numbers because it really, it just ties in that point of, yes, I can justify this person. They're hitting the targets. They are improving and it ties in that impact filter as well. So that's what I got for you. The magic of building a dream team. I really, really hope that today's episode We did go definitely in depth, but I really hope it was super helpful. I would love to know in the comments what you thought and what your biggest takeaway was. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Hey coach, if you're not getting engagement on your posts and you're not sure why, or you want to find challengers and coaches, but they're not coming to you and you don't know what you're doing wrong, Or you want the shortcut to growing your coaching business fast, but feel like there's something keeping you from gaining momentum. My ideal customer cheat sheet is designed specifically for you. I like to call it my secret weapon, and you will too. You can post pretty pictures with great captions, but if you're not talking directly to your ideal customer, you won't get what you're looking for. My ideal customer cheat sheet contains a process most coaches have never even heard of, and it will help you get crystal clear on exactly who your ideal customer is and how to talk to them. That's what makes this your new secret weapon to slowing the scroll for immediate engagement. Go check it out at ashleyshaw.ca slash ICCS. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash ICCS.